You can't avoid it. You can't prevent it. You can't dance around it. You can't protect yourself from it. It's the same pattern. And, and there are three basic reasons that we choose to change well or, or that change is pushed onto us. The first one is the change being pushed onto us. There's a pain that's so great that we're forced to change. That's the most common reason for people changing. It hurts too bad to stay the way I am. Stop acting like that. That's why we get speeding tickets. Not me personally. Maybe it's true. But that's why some people get speeding tickets is because they want it to hurt so bad we don't do that anymore. So one of the things that happens that makes us change is pain. Pain that is so, uh, so bad, so great that we're forced to change. Second reason we change is we get a new perspective, uh, a new point of view, or a new principle that comes into our lives that's so compelling that, that we want to change. That's less common. Most of the time we change because of pain, but occasionally we change because we have a new perspective. And the third reason we change is that we find promises that are so wonderful, but some of those coming is so wonderful, we want to leave what is familiar and go to what is promised. That's probably the least common thing. We're all going to change. We are all going to be changed in one way or another, or for one reason or another. As followers of Jesus, we can trust Him to guide us around the curves of life and we can believe that God's going to walk through us and He's going to be with us. Whether they come pressed in on us by pain or we accept it because we see things differently, it is pain and it will bring in a new promise. Now, change comes more naturally to some people. The personality of this will like change. This is another thing that people, someone who cares about change, even among those people who like change, they really only like the things that they want. Change a little more than others. Especially when you share 
personalities that don't like change at all. The truth is, change is hard for all of us. It's not easy. If it was easy, I will quote a blog, a blog author, We'd all be sitting the bricks. Let's see what that is. Jesus. But it's not change of heart. C.S. Lewis, the, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia and some other great books, said, It may be hard for an egg to turn into a bird. I have to remind you, he was wicked. Because he teaches our praise here, but who knows what he's been living through the week. It may be hard for an egg to turn into a bird, but it would be a jolly sight harder for it to learn to fly while remaining an egg. We are like eggs at present, and we cannot go on a definitely set an ordinary decent egg. We must be hot or go bad. But that's the problem. We want to linger in our little eggs while God is calling us out to fly in the wide open sky. We want to be different. Why else would we want to be a resolution? Why else would we promise ourselves? Why else would we do a million of one things that we do to change? We want to be different, but we also want to quit when we've done different to hard. We want to be different, but we really don't want to change. And we need to understand that Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could have more guilt in our lives, more things that we ought to have done. Letters to the first century Christians in the city of Rome, he not only declared the change is possible, he pleaded with all of the Jesus followers, all Jesus followers, to commit their lives to being transformed. We're going to look at those two verses from that letter in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're going to be looking at those in a minute. But that's just Chapter 12. This was a long letter. This letter was 16 chapters long. I mean, they broke it up into chapters and verses. It was 16. That's a long letter. It's a 16 page letter, they said. And we're going to jump in at the top of page 12. It's probably a good idea to know what happens in the first 11 pages. Right, Brad? Because here's the first question. Then, is rebelling against God and simply ignoring Him and living life the way you want to, sin destroys us. We have all sinned and gone our own way. No one, no one is different. We have all God has lowered him and done our own way. Sin destroys 
saves us. We've all sinned and gone our own way. The ultimate result of sin is separation from God. Experience with that. He's the only source of life in you. He's the creator of everything. And yet, we think that somehow if we pray for him, everything's going to be okay. Paul kind of points out that. Okay, I just said it wrong. Okay. But we think that way. Fourth thing he points out is that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave to set us free from sin and the results of sin. He died on the cross so that we could come back to God. He rose from the grave so that we could live with God. Jesus can, Christian, Jesus can and will bring us back to God if we turn around and trust Him. Believe in Him. Are loyal to Him. Christian, he says, is that God forgives, adopts, and restores us into His family, and it's a gift that we do not deserve, that we cannot earn, and that we cannot pay Him back for. That's the definition of a gift, isn't it? You can't pay for If someone were to hand you a gift later today, reach out your wallet and start to give them money for it, depending on their personality, they'll either never talk to you again or kill you. Or both. They may not kill you physically, but they will kill you verbally. Just so that a gift and start to give you money for it if you do call. Sometimes we go, we approach God that way. He gives us a gift that's not to be returned and distributed. And, and we think, well, you know, if I do this for him, if I give him this, I just I'll just pay him back. Really? Not that we're stupid, or that we're gonna be a bit silly. We start thinking like that. Dear Jesus, I have a thousand dollars. That should cover you dying on the cross for me. Really? I don't even think like that. What? I'll give you. I'll give you what? Stupid. Well, it ought to be obvious. It's stupid, but if here's what it says at the very beginning of Romans: because we've gone our own way and walked away from God. He has turned us over to a depraved mind. You think depraved thoughts. Depraved thoughts says that I deserve Jesus dying on the cross for me. Really? Or that I can pay them back. It is a depraved thought to think that I have never done anything wrong, that I have always been perfect, and that God just loves me anyway. I know you'd never say it out loud, but I did it anyway. That's where Paul is. At the end of the chapter, in first eleven chapters, we turn to the end of it. God forgives us off and restores us to gifts that can't be deserved, earned, or purchased. And they have a depraved mind. 
Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, And now, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, to give yourselves to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind Jesus might accept of us. This is truly the way to worship you. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. God wants to transform us by changing the way we think. He wants to change our depressed minds. And we program them with His truth so that we learn to think as He We always want to clean up where we're at. Sometimes we need to go to the baseball game. I can get the passion for the game. It'll be okay. But that's not the issue. The issue is, deep down inside of you, I have this depraved mind that needs to be reprogrammed. Reframed. We need to grab a hold of what Paul is telling us to do in these two verses. First, give yourself to God. Just do it. Give yourself to God. Second, learn to determine and to do what pleases Him. In order to do that, you need to cooperate with God's ongoing process, transforming you from the inside out. If you thought Jesus was between our trying to reform ourselves and being transformed by God. Pastor Steve Jeanette describes it this way. He says, the vital difference between being transformed and being reformed is that reformation usually has these three characteristics. It comes from a voice on the outside. Example, the doctor says, Second thing, it begins with a series of actions. Your doctor said, so you're going to do, you can fill in the blanks if you want. If your doctor has never told you you're going to do about something, you need to change it. All I know is to do it is. I'm going to change my mind. First thing about reformation is it expects immediate results. The doctor told me I need to. So I went out and I started doing, and nothing happened. That's reformation. Transformation, on the other hand, Pastor Burnett says, transformation where God's Holy Spirit works in exactly, exactly the opposite way. It comes from the voice inside of us. 
others will die. The part of you that wants to protect yourself will die. The part of you that is depraved and self-centered and makes you think you're the king or queen of the universe, whether you ever say it out loud or not, that part of you will die. And it is a long, slow, ugly, painful way to go. Thank you. 
begin experience increasing levels of light and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you turn from Jesus, you will change. And the only way to avoid it is to not learn. If you want to follow Jesus, you will grow to change and learn to live above the values of your past. Like the same, we want the end itself, the beautiful butterfly 
but are content to cocoon our caterpillar cells away and stunt our growth. Everyone needs and deep down wants to be different and die to make a profit. You may dislike change at about the same level as everybody else. You may dislike change more than most. You may tolerate change, especially the ones that are your ideas, uh, better than most. But this is the truth. You cannot follow Jesus. No matter how you respond to change, you cannot follow Jesus and refuse to change at the same time. It's not an option. If you are Jesus' disciple, then change will come naturally as you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He will change you. He will transform you. If you want to follow Jesus, then embrace Him. So here are a few first steps that I can suggest that you take to embrace change. Uh, one possibility is to memorize Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, I'm just going to pause for a moment in case the only time you've ever memorized Scripture was to get a candy bar. No, I'm not going to give you a candy bar. I'm going to give you some suggestions on how you can memorize Bible verses as an adult. But there's one. Write in on a 3 by 5 card. Some of you think I'll put it on my time. Nope, it's old school. Go old school on this. Trust me. Write it on a 3 by 5 card. Carry that 3 by 5 card with you everywhere. And every time you get a moment, pull it out and read it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Write out the verses again. Read it. Every chance. Stoplight. Pull it out. I mean, it doesn't take long. Trust me. Unless you're one of those people that pulls out while it's still red, you will find the finish in your card. Standing in line at the store waiting for the cashier to check you out, pull out your card and read it. That's the worst thing that could happen. Somebody asks you what you're doing. Oh, I know. That just scared half of us. Yeah, we could tell them that. But I'm pretty sure if we let them listen to the tape, they won't believe you. Uh, write it on a card, read it often. Just do that. A solid week. Seven days. Read that card at least six times a day. It'll happen. Pretty soon you won't even need to pull the card out. Just stop, stop lighting and you'll start going on the twelve one and two. And there it is. And you know what the cool thing about that is? have it ingrained in your mind like that and in your brain like that, you will start thinking about it all the time. That's what the Bible calls meditation on the Spirit of God. Just thinking about it over and over. You'll be, you'll have a pause 
And that scripture verse will come to your mind as we'll be thinking, I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I need to change. To what is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Tell me what it is. Another option is, is if you haven't already begun to do this, spend at least 10 minutes a day in prayer. And, and maybe if you've never started, just shoot four times this week. Now, some of you have been praying on a day, uh, for, for a long time, and, and you pray more than four times a week, and that's wonderful. So, I would encourage you to add.
uh, privilege, and we offer you health grace. Who will take you and make you clean and give you salvation?